da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. White Boy Rick is the movie of the week this week on Mad About Movies. And it's actually weird that Richard's not here because that was his nickname growing up. It's odd that he <laughs> skipped out on this one. It's like suppressing bad memories or... Yeah, he just he just couldn't handle it. You know, I get it. I understand. It was, it was too hard for him. But uh, a little, little PTSD there. But uh, yeah, you know, white boy Rich Harden. Um, <laughs> It's tough. It's yeah. tough when that's when people just won't let it go, you know? He's like, it's Richard. <laughs> well, he has been invited on to this episode. We will see if he takes us up on that offer. Um, <laughs> you'll find out, listener, if you stay tuned. But uh, nonetheless, Brian and I are here uh, to carry on the torch, to carry things on. Uh, the show must go on. And uh, we've got a lot of movie news, rumors, and rumblings to talk. And, of course, weekly recommends. But... Um, Let's do that. Maybe Richard will join us for the review, but let's get into this movie news talk, mm-hmm. Brian. Uh, I understand you've got quite the list brewing over there in uh, yeah, movie just, news land. Just a little, just a little bit of stuff. Let's start with uh, Kathleen Kennedy is re-upped for three more years with Star Wars Disney, so she's oh. she will remain the head of Lucasfilm at least through two thousand and twenty-one. Oh. The uh, the expiration of her contract at this point. So, I think that's good news. I know there are certain segments of. The Star Wars fanboy population that uh, will be upset about this, and they can go suck it. Uh, I think that's yeah. I think it's a smart move on the the Disney Lucasfilm uh, side of things, and and for her as well. I don't know that there was ever any doubt that she was going to stay, but that I think per- gives her uh, studio support is never a bad thing, right? Like right. when the especially coming off of bad returns on Solo financially and the weirdness of of last jedi i think it does her good and probably does the franchise at large good to have her uh feel secure in her job for sure so yeah that's that's probably pretty good (laughs) i wasn't under the impression brian that kathleen kennedy was under any kind of short-term contract i thought this was kind of a supreme court justice situation (laughs) where it's like until you don't want to do it anymore it's your job um sure I thought for sure she would have been gone after Solo if any if they made that decision. But um, mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm. I love Kathleen Kennedy. I think she has a great Same. experience with several different blockbuster movies. I know that's what she mainly has done, but different kinds of movies, uh, different scenarios, right. different studios, different producers. She she's extremely qualified for the position, and I think she um she's just doing her job really with mm-hmm. with what happened with solo and and i i still can't believe that that happened the 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 box office return wise i thought the movie very odd i thought they yeah. pulled one out of their butt really uh mm-hmm. pulling that thing together and making it a bearable experience let alone a really fun movie that i mm-hmm. was surprised right. by how much i liked and turned my thoughts around on where star wars is headed uh, gave me some more faith in 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 things and um so yeah i i, I wouldn't be shocked if they keep her around for a long time because uh, that's, yeah. none of that was her fault and uh, I think she's steering the ship in definitely the right direction. Now, Ryan Johnson is another it's another complete story and that's a, maybe a topic for another day where you and I have a, another hour to ourselves to <laughs> to go down the road of 
is Ryan Johnson taking this in the right direction? You know, and how much creative is is giving him that much creative control the right decision? Given yeah. what he did with all that creative control with the last uh, Jedi, so mm-hmm. I love Kathleen Kennedy, and and I hope she does more stuff for Lucasfilm. Um, I hope she finds the new generation of directors to helm yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, that'd be a huge. Um, she's thing, trying for to sure. do that. I don't understand that, but she needs to find the new generation who are willing to work in the system instead of the mm-hmm. Lord Millers of the world that are, that kind of have their own thing going on. So, um, yeah, she's great. And I don't. I guess the only other docket, uh, you know, movie on the docket is Indiana Jones Five, but that's been pushed back another year. So Harrison Ford will be like eighty-five when that <laughs> thing comes out. Still and, flying planes to the set every day yeah. and just rocking it. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's great. I have total faith that she will see this thing through. And if not, then she'll lose her job in twenty twenty-one. If the next two movies don't work, then sh- they've got it out. So we'll sure. See. Yeah, I think it's a smart move on all parts. And I, like I, I'm with you, I kind of think I think she can be she. I think she will be there as long as she wants to be there. So I, it wouldn't. But I, it's nice to have the formality of locked up and and there for the next three years. I think that I think that's a smart thing for all parties involved. Um, have you seen the the schedule shifts shifts for uh, from from the Fox lot? <laughs> No, I haven't. I thought you were going to okay. talk about the Mark Wahlberg uh, workout routine, which we can <laughs> spend a good segment on that if Richard joins us. But uh, hour and a half for a shower. That's, yeah, that's the main fifteen thing. minutes for family time. <laughs> right. That's the best part. Uh, Got to get that shower. Got to get a wicked shower. Get three meals in before seven a.m. Too. <laughs> Definitely necessary. Uh, we'll get we'll get into that. No, I have not seen this Fox lot. Is this something that leaked or? Uh no no they put out a, a whole their whole schedule for the rest of time. Okay, uh, we'll we'll go in reverse order because the thing I'm most interested in talking about is is the most recent thing or the, the the movie that will be released soonest. Gambit is still a thing with Channing Tatum. I don't think they have a director <sighs> wow. at this point, but I could be wrong. It has been moved back to 2020, however, so that's like the 14th time maybe not this movie we've been been talking about that since 2013 yeah yeah that that was probably something we talked about in like the second episode of the show 500 episodes ago um you know what's weird (laughs) i don't know if you how do look this is a total non i i I promise i have a point how do you buy your movie tickets kent typically do you just walk up to the theater because you live right at the theater yeah i walk up i'm a walk up 15 minutes before and do that. I know that's dumb and that there's better ways to, you know, the Apple pay and you reserve your seat and do all that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I just, I, I would I do, that. do that. I think I would do that as well. If I, you live like basically in the loft. of Yeah. A movie theater. I, I, like I live right like there. I go out my building and there's one building between me and a movie theater. Sure. That's, that's how close it is. Yeah. Right. So I would do that too. If I lived, if I live close the way you do, I mm-hmm. typically, because we see movies at such weird times and days and stuff that mm-hmm. the reserve seat is a great thing but you we don't typically have to worry about it the way we see movies right like if i see a movie with my wife that's a different story because that's usually going to be friday or saturday night or something but just walk up i go but my point is what i was going to say i use fandango a lot for uh, if fandango wants to sponsor us I'm, I'm all for it i'm here for it um on the fandango app you can click on coming soon movies and I do this quite frequently, more often than not, to find out, like, when is the Sisters Brothers going to open near me instead mm-hmm. of in, you know, the far-off reaches of Plano or something. 
top typically every time that I look at the coming soon in the Fandango app in the first 10 movies is a is a placeholder for Gambit. And it's been that way for <laughs> years. Yeah, for real. It's like Gambit. There's no poster because how could there be? You know, it's just a placeholder and it just says Gambit. And if you click on it, it will it will tell you that it is coming soon. However, I, I I kind of don't believe that. So go check out your uh, Fandango app if you're a Fandango user. Uh, so Gambit's 2020. The X-Men Dark Phoenix movie, for which there is a new trailer out, has been moved again. This is I think this was supposed to open in November, like next month originally. Then it got pushed to February, and now it is opening in early June next Good. summer. Grief. I know it's a lot of movement, but I will say June first week of June is a much better date for that movie than uh, than mid February was. So sure, at least there's that. But it doesn't give us great feelings, right? When we keep pushing movies back like that, that's not not a great thing. The I thought real... they were. I thought they were trying to reboot X Men or do something different with it. Wouldn't you think they would want to get this out and done and oh, then move on? I think the Disney merger thing probably uh-huh. messed up some of that. And I also have heard uh, through, you know, unscrupulous sources on the Internet that the screenings for this movie have just been horrendous. So that probably didn't play that. You know, they had that other there were supposed to be two X-Men movies this year and they bumped both of them. What was the one? It was like a horror was movie. That New Mutants. New Mutants. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't even know where that is on the schedule. I think schedule they got bumped to point. next year as well. Maybe right. next fall. Maybe like a year from now. I, I want to say. Man. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's August. August next August year. Now, is what yeah. they have right now. Sheesh. That's that's not great. Either. Man, I saw a trailer for that one in a theater like eight months ago. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So to push it back that far, it, man. It, and this it was leads supposed me to be another April topic this year because yeah. you mentioned. Um, uh, you mentioned the Sisters Brothers, and I, mm-hmm. I saw a trailer on TV the other day for the Sisters Brothers, and they've completely changed the marketing for it. And now it's like it used to be this buddy comedy with Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley. I was like, what? What are they going for? I, I didn't know. Right. And then it started getting all these really good reviews, and now it's like the they've cut a dramatic trailer, and there's like a you know those quotes. It's like. An exhilarating experience from start to finish. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix is incredible, and it makes it look like this stirring western, you know. Sure, yeah. Uh, it's just funny that what a studio puts out a marketing campaign, and then once they start to get feedback from people, how vastly they change. Like, yes. it, Alpha is a perfect example of not knowing what you have and uh-huh. thinking you yeah. know what you have, but. And thinking you know what people want, but you actually have no idea because that movie was a you know it might still be out some at some places, but we made we mocked that movie for two or three years because mm-hmm. we kept seeing trailers and ads for it, and it never came out, and they didn't know what to do. They kept getting delayed, and then it comes out and it's eighty five percent certified fresh, and it has all of these glowing mm-hmm. reviews but it was dead in the water because of the marketing campaign leading right. up to it was so right. jagged that no one knew what to expect and um had it been yeah, consistent absolutely. maybe the whole time like had we known what it was going to be instead of 
what we got, uh, I think it would have been better well received. Maybe we would have had a chance, but I just feel that way with these this X Men right. movie and with the New Mutants. Like in Solo, which we just talked about, is a perfect example of to a certain point, you can delay it so many times that people will start to pay attention and maybe mm-hmm. we'll go see it. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. I if to be honest. It's probably smart what Fox Disney. I don't even know what we call it at this point, but let's say Fox to dump both of those movies as far out as they have is probably a smart move because it does kind of. I mean, we know these things because we we follow the industry and the trade and whatnot. Um, there's a pretty good chance that by the time New Mutants come out, that and they're going to have plenty of opportunity to kind of rebrand it. I you know. I don't know that the average moviegoer is going to, especially if they cut the trailer a certain way, you know, to really differentiate from the last one. You, there's a really good chance the average moviegoer is just going to be like, oh, cool, a new X-Men movie, all right, and just has completely forgotten that it was supposed to come out 18 months ago and has been completely redone. I, I think that that's something that maybe studios are learning from. It's not just Solo. There's other movies like that, but Solo is the most recent and prevalent example of like if there's enough bad buzz surrounding the uh production it does start to seep through into average moviegoer and then you you know you add that into um clearly not a lot of people were interested in seeing the origin story itself like that's part of what i'm still like to me and we talked about this in our summer movie draft about just Imagine if a Marvel movie came out. This is how weird it is. And we can project this. Maybe in eight months we'll be laughing that we even said this. But imagine a Marvel movie coming out and being well received, mm-hmm. but making absolutely no money. And yeah, I, I just can't see that because you would it's think they're one and the same. Like the well received, and then the fan base finds out that it's well received, and then they go see it, right? Like that's what yeah. happened with Black Panther, and it was the biggest movie of all time, pretty much. Uh, right. When people were like, we don't. We're unsure about a new character in the MCU, and then and you know you bring a good one and make a good movie, and people will find out. And mm-hmm. I thought that would happen with Solo, but I yeah, we're done talking about it. But I mean, yeah, it's, there's it's, just it's so many stunning. factors. Yeah, I yeah. think there's just a real toxicity around the fan base for Star Wars, and it, mm-hmm. it did. I just don't think we we said so when we did it in May, but I, I don't think it helped at all to have come out as close to last Jedi as it did. I think, oh, yeah. I think that may be the lesson that, that Disney takes from this whole thing is to spread those. You can't, I don't think you can pack the calendar with star Wars movies the way you can Marvel movies. And, uh, it makes and, no you, sense. Why did they not do thing. this Christmas? I know one year hey. apart for each movie is not that dumb of a thing to do. Yeah. I, four I, months. I, it was so, from- <laughs> Last Jedi thing, until right, Solo. Right. The thing is, can, I, I I really believe the the entire genesis of that was they know because they're not wrong in this. They know that there's more money to be made in a summer release than there is a winter release. Even a great star blockbustery Star Wars movie like that, uh, you know, Force Awakens. I think you could. Pro- I know it made a ton, ton, ton of money. You probably could add a couple hundred million dollars to it, at least by having a summer movie. And that was their intention the entire time was to put this mo- these movies out in, you know, mid June every year. And then JJ needed extra yeah. time to finish force. Awakening. And so I really think that's what it was. I think it was, all right, this is our opportunity to 
uh, reclaim that summer window and really bring in the big bucks. And we're not winning Academy Awards even when the movie's very good. We're not really even getting any attention on that front. So th- doesn't we don't want to be in that December window. We want to be in the June, July window. It's just – I think if you're going to do in, – in hindsight, obviously, number one, Solo was probably not the movie to do it with. And number two – Probably should have just said, okay, instead of five months later, we're going to drop this movie. We're going to, we're going to kind of take the hit and do 18 months later. You know, Last Jedi is yeah. 2018, uh, or excuse me, uh, winter 2017, and then Solo will be summer 2018 or 2019, you know, and, and go, hey, we have a gap, but it's to get us back to the window we want to be in. And that's, that's part of it. It just it it did not work. Uh, the, but the last schedule change that I wanted to talk about uh, quickly. <laughs> this movie was supposed to come out in July. It then got bumped to Christmas. Which, by the way, the Christmas slate is slam packed with movies. And I don't know that it, that most of them are going to be particularly good. But there's like twelve movies coming out on Christmas and a handful coming out the week before. So I don't know why this <laughs> I don't know why Fox picked uh a Christmas release for Alita Battle Angel. Oh my god. But they have realized that that was a bad idea and have now moved it to early February into the slot that was the Dark the the uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix slot. So now Dark Phoenix to June and Alita Battle Angel moves to February, first week of February. Yeah. Oh man. That movie that is that's that has dead in the water written all over it. <laughs> so it's the most bad. that's the most Valerian city of a thousand planets. <laughs> right. See it coming from a thousand miles away type movie. I don't know. Yeah. I could be wrong. I mean James Cameron's involved, so I I'm pretty excited. Well, not excited. I'm excited to see it fail and <laughs> Well, it's not that I'm excited to see it fail. I I am I can I feel like I could write the angry think pieces right now, you know, four months away from its release, uh, that are headed our way. The whitewashing of, of yeah, well, the of the people complaining that. about how um, how mass audiences didn't embrace this mm-hmm. vast visionary film, you know, because people love Robert Rodriguez. That's just fine. That, that that's your thing. That's your thing. But. There is. Do you know what the budget? Do you know what the budget? Oh, oh yeah. Look, I I do not like Robert Rodriguez at all. Yeah, at all. I didn't either. I'm, until I'm I saw a Sin City, a Dame to Kill for. <laughs> I, was, I was all in after that. Sin City, right. not so much. That changed it. That changed Second it for one, you. I saw the yeah. vision. But like, you watch if you if you if you know anything about the movie industry, watching that trailer. I mean, all of us. We saw that trailer for the first time, and all three of us said, that is going to tank so hard. That could be the best movie of the year, and there is still a 95% chance that it is going to tank so hard because it looks weird, and it's odd, and it's different, and Robert Rodriguez doesn't bring people to the theaters the way Robert Rodriguez fans think it does. And also, do you know what the budget is for this movie? Uh, it's going to be 150 200 buddy wow <laughs> they spent 200 million dollars on this and there's it's i i James would be, cameron can get 200 million dollars in his sleep That's i know the thing. it's it's crazy it's crazy but i I cannot and so imagine that that costs 500 million dollars when it's all said at least to with the marketing and the reshoots and all the stuff that they're doing for it. and that's there's no way there's no way that it makes that money i so 
You're right. That's dead in the water, and dumping it in early February is is a further sign of that. And I yeah. cannot wait for all of the. I cannot wait for Twitter to be film Twitter to be filled with hot takes about uh, lamenting the fact that that mass audiences didn't go see this movie, but they did go see Transformers or whatever. Right. You know, I uh, I can't stand James Cameron. I really like his movies. <laughs> it's such a catch twenty two because I love his movies, but I'm I cannot stand the person. Yeah, almost any sense of the word. He's very chesty. Oh um, my goodness! And in the in the wrong, almost it just just has an uncanny ability to be wrong. Where about he's stuff, the complete opposite of Steven Spielberg in the fact Steven Spielberg can make the biggest movie and seem like the most humble. Yeah, you can change the course of cinema history and feel like the most humble. You just this guy's never he made his first movie yesterday, kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. And James Cameron. Will literally tell you how he changed the face of cinema. Like, oh yeah, not until we were able to do the effects on Avatar did people start really taking motion capture seriously. And actually, they didn't even consider it until I did Terminator Two, and I had you know the the guy walking through the bars, and then you know he yeah. he he thinks he is the he probably I mean he is the best. Like the yeah, he, there's no got, there's no questioning his yeah. his incredible impact reason, on film. It's just oh man. But, no, I'm, I'm tired way. of him inventing technologies and then being like, <laughs> so when's Avatar 2 coming out? Well, not till I can invent 80 more technologies to tell right. the story like it needs to be just. No. Yeah, it's I, so it's I, I want something that he directs to fail. Unfortunately, <laughs> he keeps pawning all these other directors off on these projects, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So well, it's not going to happen, though. Avatar 2 is going to make nine trillion dollars. I don't think we'll so. see. I don't know if it's ever going to come out. We'll see. That's, we'll see. Well, they're, made, they're doing seven of them. So yeah. They're all coming out, whether we like it or not, because they <laughs> yeah, made them. We don't have a choice. It happened with The Hobbit. It's like, well, we already made these, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> all right. And, I, have uh, one... I, just, I just saw something come across that they cut 40 minutes out of Venom. Oh, my gosh. I can't. That's what they say. Tom Hardy said that they cut 40 minutes out of the movie. Oh. That's man. this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a tough decision between that and A Star Is Born. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's <laughs> very similar subject matters. We'll but... we'll have episodes on both of those movies at some point this month. Just FYI. But one, <laughs> I don't want to speak for you, but one of them I am very looking forward to, and one of them I am very not. Um, I have one last piece of news that I want to talk about. I love breaking news to you live on the air. It makes me very happy. Um, I'm going to send you a picture. Can you check your phone? Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, Sylvester Stallone tweeted some pictures from the set of Rambo five, which started production today. And I'm, I'm going to send you this picture. I just want to get your, your live reaction to, uh, wow. To what's happening here. <laughs> so he's a cowboy. I, I guess Rambo five is a Western. So <laughs> get ready for that. Um, Telling you, Rambo versus MacGruber needs to happen. <laughs> Full on. Again, again, you can add MacGruber in any capacity to basically any action movie, and it, it automatically gets better. But yeah, I tweeted this from our account, so go check us out at Mad About Movies. Uh, it's a, <laughs> it's it's Sly Stallone, who we love, American Treasure Sly Stallone, uh, in full on cowboy attire and riding a horse. So get ready, get ready for that. Amazing! I cannot wait. Well, Brian, let's let's bring on RB if he's available and talk about his life in White Blue Ridge. <laughs> 
Richard, are you there? What's up? Oh, you made it. We didn't think you were going to make it for this review, but you couldn't miss this one, right? White Boy Rick. I couldn't. Well, as fellow White Boy Rick, yeah. uh, there's no, there'd be no other excuse. Yeah, thanks for, for waiting on me, team. I'm sorry I had to finish that uh, super sick Iron Man I was racing. <laughs> just fresh off of it. Fresh off and, triathlon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not just a triathlon. It's an Ironman. You can't show oh, some respect. Sorry. Right. Um, and, yeah, sorry, the swim took me a little longer. So, But I'm here, and I'm ready to party. Thankfully, the run did not take place in the woods. That's that's where no. it would have been a hard no. out. Nope. No. It was just treadmill only. <laughs> it's the world's first. It's just you peloton, and then you treadmill, and then you just... You do that weird pool pool that's like mm, six the feet infinity long. pool. Like yeah, <laughs> all right. I'm interested in now. like a confined space, but just this... a, a uh, treadmill next to a peloton next to a pool. <laughs> yeah. like I'm a... way more interested in that than yes. I am a real. I would, Iron I would Man. tune just in for that. Head into the gym and be like, "I'm Iron Manning the day. Yep. See you guys in six hours. Yep. <laughs> Wish me luck." Awesome. And you're just throwing up everywhere, <laughs> ruining the gym. No. Nope, I'm here. I'm here. Was, was and, Tony Stark uh, there? Because <laughs> uh, Iron Man. No, I, I don't get that joke, but uh, okay. Black Sabbath was. Oh, dope. All right. Um, White Boy Rick, this is mm. a movie that's been out for a few weeks. September 14th it came out, so it's been three weeks now. And... Um, didn't get a great response from the critics, and I'm not sure why it was released in September. It seems a little bit more awardsy than that. Like they really um, went for it. Uh, Columbia did with this, and and Sony, and it didn't really turn out maybe as they had hoped, and so it became a September um, get us by movie instead of a mm -hmm. really. Uh, big Oscar push movie. And um, there are a lot of reasons for that, but we can give general thoughts here. Um, I think McConaughey is great at what he does. And unfortunately in this movie, he was in a supporting role. <laughs> so um, maybe this movie should have had more McConaughey in it or should have been focused on him more. I understand it's about his son and uh, more about that relationship than it is about him per se. But uh you know, that's the, the best I could say about this movie is McConaughey's great at what he does. And, I um, guess, but anytime yeah. you can get Richie Merritt. Yeah, you song, do. I mean, you, you've got to. you got to hit first bill. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, agree that to disagree, I mustache sells guess. itself, you know. <laughs> a, an actor with charisma like that, you, you can't, you know, let anyone else eat up the screen. Yeah. I, um. I'm excited to hear what you guys think about it. I didn't think this was a bad movie. I didn't mm -hmm. think it was a good movie, and I didn't think it was. Um, it, it, I didn't think it was worthy of a neg such a negative response. I thought this would be. I thought this. I thought this would get more recommends than it has, just on the fact that McConaughey. Um, it's it's adequately directed. McConaughey is giving his all for this. You can tell, and um, it's a story that's a semi-entertaining story based on a true story, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah. So, um, a little confused by 
this not doing a little bit better, but it is a very hard pitch. And mm. um, it, it this movie does drag on a little bit too mm, long. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is less than two hours. And I'm surprised to see that because it felt like three <laughs> watching it. But maybe that has something to do with it. But um, but yeah, overall, maybe it's a swing and a miss. And but with good intentions. What do you guys uh, think about White Boy Rick, uh, Brian? Yeah, it's a weird one. This is not the type of movie that. So, I, like, I saw this movie like a month ago. So that's one thing. But um, yeah, it, I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes as it was coming out, and it was like this is kind of a weird movie to to be at. 50, 55%. I think it's at like 58 right now or something like that. And like, that's not necessary. Obviously we're not like, Oh, it's on Rotten Tomatoes. So it must be, that's, that's what it is. But this is typically this kind of movie either is in the 30% range or it's in the 70 and up range, right? Like this kind of, uh, Oscar prestige drama type thing or what at least what they thought that they were they're delivering usually that either just doesn't deliver straight up and you're like nope this is bad this is oscar bait and it's not good or it's like yeah it's it's a solid film good movie whatever um and then i watched it and i was like yeah i kind of get it i kind of get where we're coming in on on this kind of middling score um you know we say all the time the war the hardest movies to really do a review on here are are the C plus to B movies, you know, the ones that are just kind of, that was fine. Or, you know, eh. then that's for me, that's kind of what this is. I, I thought, uh, I thought the kid who literally has never acted before, I heard McConaughey say, um, that he, they found him just in a freaking high school in Baltimore. Like he wasn't even, he didn't even come in for an on the street casting call or anything like that. Like they just, it was basically connection to connection to connection. Like, hey, this kid is probably what you're looking for, and here he is. I thought he was pretty solid. I, you know, I don't know that this is going to lead to him being uh, some, you know, name a list actor or anything. And it could very well be a an Eller Coltrane situation where we just never see him again. Um, but I thought he did a good job of of bringing. It's not a lot of charisma, but he played it very authentically, probably because he, you know, he doesn't really know any better, and that's perfect. That's perfect for that role. But both of you are right. Like we need, I need way more McConaughey to really make this this movie sell. And I get the directing choices. So like, this really isn't the father's story; it's the kid's story. So we got to focus on the kid. But I mean, there's a stretch of a. I mean, there's like a solid. 30 minute stretch in the middle where you don't even, you kind of forget that McConaughey is even in the movie. Like I just, when he popped back up and, and, uh, right. White boy, Rick goes back to his dad's house and you're like, Oh, right. Forgot McConaughey. Um, and so I, I think that could have been done a little bit better. Uh, I think there were ways to tell the story without making the focus become the dad, but that featured, the dad a little more because again the dad is McConaughey and that's that's a big selling point but you're right can't like the I thought the movie was really solid for the first two-thirds and the third act is such a drag Mm -hmm. and it feels so much longer than two hours because the truthfully um it's just not a super cinematic movie and it certainly isn't a cinematic conclusion without without spoiling it and getting into the ending the the conclusion and whatnot it's Nothing in this world um, gets under my skin more than than the justice system and the 
uh, just the ridiculousness that has become our justice system. And even with that, like nothing, nothing in my life ever, maybe Dwayne Wade and John Travolta. But other than that, that's the only, <laughs> you know, I, I can't, it just, it makes, it is an instant uh, zero to 60 on the anger meter for me when, when I read a story or see something about one of these types of cases, it makes me go crazy. And even with that, sort of mentality going in i was like we got to get to the end of this this is not this is really dragging out for me and uh and so that's 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 kind of problematic when you don't really land the ending that you've been building towards for uh what was an hour and a half but really mm. felt like about four and a half hours so uh no, look it, the movie this is not a bad movie at all i don't think and but it also i think definitely falls short of the expectations that uh that the studio and, and mcconaughey especially clearly I mean, this is like his thing. Like he really sought out to make this movie, and uh, I don't think it it measures up to to those standards at all. Well, but, uh, but that's anytime, me. Anytime you can get the writer of the writer of Punked and the director of <laughs> the director of Top Boy on board, oh, no. I mean, you've got a <laughs> my favorite show of all time is Top Boy, 2011 <laughs> to 2013 is Top Boy by Jan Demange, and, and you've the Parisian said that. Jan Demange. You've said that from the beginning. Yeah, for, since mean, day you, one, since 2011. Yeah, you've been <laughs> top boy standing. <laughs> yep. I mean, you ride for Ashley Walters yep. and Kane Robinson. You love Sharon the Duncan Brewster is one of the most underrated actresses of our time, and I'm and you going to go down fighting. You and Blum always say, yep. you know, I wish Brian Eno did more scores for movies. <laughs> Okay, yeah. we're done. Yeah. All right. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Produced we, by Drake, by the way, and Maverick Carter. There is that random thing about uh, mm, Top Boy. Mm, so you know it's good. <laughs> so go ahead, um, R- Richard, with your uh, thoughts on this. Um, yeah, these, as experience. we've mentioned before, this is, and we're about to kind of head into uh, into the movie season. That's the most fun, I think, for us to to talk about. This is the last of. I think we thought this would be involved in that. And now the September release, you know, really makes sense. And it's just those movies that are so hard to do a show about because they're so mediocre and it's, we're not talented enough to make a good episode (laughs) off of this kind of movie. Right. Maybe we're going to try darn it. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just that thing where a great movie is, we can go on, we could probably do a 15 hour show and, and a terrible movie. Oh boy. We could probably do a 30 hour show. And then this, you're like, all right, let's figure out 40 minutes on White Boy Rick. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's it's to me, it's the thing where every decision um, about the actual filmmaking was what makes this good and not bad is that every decision about the filmmaking is is solid. Um, yeah. And and it's well made. It's well acted. It's fine. And then, you know, what it, remind, it reminds me of like Four Brothers or something, but less fun than Four Brothers. Where you go, this is all, and but maybe the script's just not very. You know, I just, is, is it a story worth telling? Um, mm-hmm. Is where I'm like, yeah, that's where the detachment. I don't like any of these people, right? Um, but is, in terms of this is technically out of made film, it's great. Yeah, now the furnace is fresh. Is Remember that that's about, just like why, yeah. why are we here? Why are we talking about this? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, and I exactly. love Scott Cooper too. That was just like a. Yeah, I mean, it's a story this, that's it, like, why, why? Yeah. Sure. And this is where Jan Demange may make my favorite movie in two years. You know, yeah, it's, he's sure. not, it's right. not 
like I'm out on any part of this. It's just this is like you know, you're looking at your watch a lot, you're going, Okay, this doesn't suck, but I, I'm you know, there's <laughs> I could be playing Yahtzee on my phone right now and I'm, you know, there's things I could be doing. Um so uh it was it was tough there, but it it oh man. This is this is a hard one for me, but we'll we'll get into specifics. I think maybe we can find some nuggets in the spe- in the specificity. So that's my overall review. Is like this is fine. <laughs> Please yeah, get us to the better movie soon. If it's on an airplane, <laughs> don't have to close your eyes and your ears. So there's that. Right. By I the totally way, think. I was flying back from Las Vegas on <laughs> Sunday night late. Not a great flight. One of those flights. Brag. The let me guess where you stayed. Mm, go for it. Golden Nugget. No, I was on the strip. I was, I was actually the nicest place. I was at the Mirage in the penthouse, one of their penthouse suites, like a boss because of some weird upgrade situation my boss and I got. And uh, it was sweet, literally. It was awesome. Um, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But I also had a, my wife got on a pretty good hot streak with the uh, old craps dice. <laughs> Brian will appreciate this. I don't know if I've told you. And... Uh, Came home pretty big winner from from Vegas this time. The whole ta- I I bet Sarah Sarah got on a forty minute run oh, rolling the dice. It's the best new roller, and uh, I bet she made the table twenty grand, fifteen yeah. to twenty grand total. Yeah, um, I won't say what we carved out of that, but it was a good amount. <laughs> and then my boss carved an even better amount out, so it was a good day. But uh, regardless, um, so I'm flying back and. Uh, it's one of it's it was an A three one of those Airbus three thirty ones that have the that have the little TVs in every in every seat, and uh, and the girl in front of me is watching kind of diagonal in front of me so I can stare at it. By the way, I'm not a great flyer. I fly all the time, but like I never like it. It's I'm just not. I don't like to fly, um, and so I'm nervous always. I just have anxiety, and so. Um, so it's even weirder. I look at the diagonal girl in front of me, and she was watching Red Sparrow on the little screen. Oh gosh, real awkward plane movie. I'll just, yeah, that's all. yeah. <laughs> that glad she was sitting next to her right. friends and not <laughs> childrens or olds because they're not edited. Put it to you that way. Oh gosh, not edited. That's not great. <laughs> also, not gonna feel great about yourself after watching that. Like it's that's the. That is the opposite of an airplane movie right there. Like beyond the ugh, the tension and the just uncomfortability, it's like really doesn't you don't feel good. You don't feel good after yeah. watching that. That's I don't know. That's just me, but uh not not an airplane movie. I don't know. Nope, not that. an airplane movie and now though it's changing. I'm interested in this. This would be interesting. Maybe leave it up to the listeners to email in. The, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is how you fill time on a white boy, Rick. Uh, <laughs> I'll send this one to the Hall of Fame on stalling yeah, <laughs> yeah. The podcast Hall of Fame. <laughs> but uh, but also the this is how um, I, I'm interested now that they have these sort of cloud based movie banks on these mm-hmm. airplanes where the the selection is is pretty much everything that's been out in the last you know basically becomes an on demand library of tons of stuff. Does the definition of airplane movie change? Because it's not. Hey, yeah, it point. was the first thing was we all have to watch the same thing, so it's got to mm-hmm. be right. Um, Gosh, it's got to be a appropriate. Weird time that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had that. I had yeah, that so on my sure. way out there. I was in a legacy Boeing seven thirty seven, and they just had the drop down screens. They still do it, but now they for that now they just show TV show. Like it had the good place. 
Mm. NBC just has bought that and they just pump it with because they know that's appropriate. You know, mm-hmm. if it's on network TV, it's not going to offend anybody. So it's just like three episodes of The Good Place or something. Um, I, I don't think they ever show movies anymore on, on with, hmm. with that. So, yeah. So, but then now with the little, if you if you're on a newer plane or an Airbus, and, and the, instead of a Boeing, you've got the you've got the library. It's like now it's you know several. So the first thing was everyone watches the same movie. Second thing was okay you can all choose your movie on your little thing in front of you but we only have six movies on a server on Mm -hmm. this plane right right and then now phase three is we have 700 movies for you to choose from (laughs) so does that change what an airplane movie is so i'm interested in the listeners yeah feedback on that yeah that'd be that does that makes sense that's uh that's an interesting thought let's just get to the place where I say this as someone who is super not claustrophobic and is good at flying, so maybe this makes a lot of people crazy. But just, I'm okay if you just kind of lock me in a little, like a cubicle by myself where I can't see anyone else. I can just watch whatever I want. Oh, me too. I don't have to talk to anybody. Uh, I don't have to deal with the, you know, just people in general. I don't really like I people. Always, not a I'm big always fan of people. Jealous of, yeah, I'm always jealous of. I just am really. I don't mind the claustrophobia. It used to be a claustrophobia issue. Now I'm just. I don't know. Every I have a bad neck. And so then every movement of the plane hurts, which then makes me anxious, and it's just a whole mess. But regardless, I'm always jealous of the luggage. Like, why <laughs> does the luggage get to sit up there in that little cube? I'd lay like that in there. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. No, you know, I'm... maybe we have a little bit of a couple seats in the back for people that are claustrophobic, but we need to be up there. We need to just yeah. fill the top of the plane with those things and put a screen in front of us because I can't sleep sitting up. If I could, you know, Xanax yeah. out, maybe right. pass just... out, I'd be a great flyer. Can you put me in like an MRI tube? I'm, yeah, I'm I'm in. I'm there. That's fine with a screen in front of me or some yeah. mount for my own yeah. phone. I don't care. Just give me Wi Fi and a mount or something. For my phone. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. That's, Let that's me know when we're there. Yeah. yeah. Every yeah, single give... time I've gone to get an MRI, the you know the, the tech will be like, try to walk you through it. I'm like, okay, uh, this, I know this is it's, it's going to be a loud noise and like all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm 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 good. I'm good. I, I'll be <laughs> fine. And then I just go to sleep for the entirety of the MRI and it's the best sleep ever. And they're always a little surprised, but there might be something wrong with me. I don't know. Well, that's why people are always surprised with how golden tan you are because you love a tanning <laughs> yeah. bed. You yeah, just sleep it's, in one. It's, it's not even about the tan. It's no, just, you, it's you just, just like the sleep. sleep. Just you know, what's sleep. so funny <laughs> is, uh, we had, <laughs> that's funny. You say that when I was growing up, God, this is like, this is great stalling. Um, when I was growing up, <laughs> I was like a teenager or something. Some white boy Rick super fan is mad right now. Yeah. Oof, we've made him mad. We inherited at my old, my family's house, a tanning bed, like a 70s era, just basically a cancer machine. Just like, <laughs> right, oh, you yeah. want some cancer? You Pop will on die in. in front yeah. of this. Yes. Yeah. And we put it up in like a room in our house for not long. I think we, my mom <laughs> ended up selling it, but it was kind of before Craigslist and stuff. So you couldn't move stuff quickly. Right. I don't even know how we got the darn thing, but we got it. <laughs> And I figured it out that I could only, because I'm, you know, me, I'm pasty, just like you. I can only be in there for five minutes without catching on fire. But <laughs> right. I figured out if I could lay in, if I could, because I had a lot of trouble sleeping when I was a teenager, I would just go in there at 3 a.m., put it on five minutes so you're not even getting any color. All right. just, I'd be out in two minutes and I'd sleep <laughs> in that thing all night. It's nice and warm. It's got yeah. that good, hmm, yeah. that, you know, that cool 70s. I mean, oh, yeah. I love definitely that. Definitely going to die yeah. when no. I'm like 52, yeah. but. It's worth it. Got, <laughs> got a good night's think... sleep at age seven so you know no i was like a teenager i was like 17 <laughs> like 17 and i yeah this weird hormonal thing where i can never sleep anyway for so, those of you white book ricks rick stands out there um 
<laughs> yeah, so so we'll talk a little bit more about this. By the way, we of, lost Kent. We should yeah, say Kent. Kent, Kent had fell. He, he couldn't fell handle out a window. Our, yeah, he couldn't handle our awesome tanning bed talk. Too so hot for him. Sorry. <laughs> that's what you did there. Um, you'll be here all week. Tip your waitresses. <laughs> uh, so let's talk a little bit about this. Is a based on a true story, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is like a McConaughey thing. I said earlier, this was, I mean, he's been trying to get this movie made for, I don't know, three or four years, um, which is very attractive to the story. And it's an interesting, it is an interesting story. It just doesn't have an interesting ending, right? Like, that's the, I feel like that's the, the problem. It would have totally. made a really good uh, 60 minutes segment. Or, yeah, or serial podcast. Like, or yeah, something. something like that. I knew great. the ending, too, by like an idiot. I looked it up months ago, like, oh, oh what's this okay. based on yeah. and read it. So, like, I knew it's made it even <laughs> right. more boring. You're like, all right. <laughs> great, great, cool, cool, cool. 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 Six yeah. years in prison or whatever. Cool, cool, right. cool. <laughs> it's tough. That's tough. It's a lot of injustice going around there. Uh, but, it, yeah, it just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't really bring it home. But, yes, this was this is based on a true story, and it is McConaughey's thing that he was uh super interested in they did this huge casting call to try to find him i you know i think it's well cast i think you're spot on to the the direction is is of quality i don't know that he would i would even say it's like a well-directed movie but it it there's nothing within the movie that you would say oh that's that's a bad choice uh from a director standpoint and you know good cast and stuff it just it's 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 one of those that just doesn't quite add up to um add up to much period when it you know when it all comes out in the wash um i thought it was amazing i'll say this i i love the trailer for this movie i was very excited just based on the trailer i thought i thought that was uh very well cut and the the uh the music behind it really worked i was very disappointed that there wasn't i think you could i think you could make this movie 12% better just by kind of pumping that synthy vibe of the score behind it and instead there's just long stretches where you're already watching a movie that's that's a little bit dull to begin with and then there's just there's not really anything pushing it from the back and that's something that i that i think uh i would have liked to have if you just go in and just add that score and really push it um i think probably for me at least probably comes out a better overall experience and that's 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 one thing that that i would have liked to have seen done that could have helped you know could have helped no absolutely absolutely there there's there's but on the whole the aesthetic of the movie really works Mm -hmm. um it's kind of that grayscaley gritty you know these are all obvious adjectives that have been said about it but that that part really works the performances match up with that um so then when the fun things happen within the film the kind of more party-ish scenes and the more you know, ostentatious scenes that happen they they really pop in a way. So I thought that mm-hmm. was a really interesting filmmaking choice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's almost symphonic, the, the low and then the, the, sure. the pop pops that, that make it at least give as much of a thrill as this, as a story can thrill without being a total downer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, what'd you think about, what'd you think about uh, Jennifer Jason Lee? She was somebody that kind of stood out to me. Um, not just she's had an interesting year. She had annihilation earlier this year and she's playing, uh, she's, I don't know. She's taking some interesting roles and she, and she's, you know, she, she's very good actress. So she kind of brings more to a role than it probably looks like 
on the screen. I don't know. Did that? Did she register with you at all? The uh, the lead. She plays the lead investigator, the FBI. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, agent here. Yep. Uh, did she step out to you at all? Yeah, I thought it was Kira Sedgwick for a while. No, I was confused <laughs> for some reason. No, I. Yeah, she's she has had a really interesting career. She's she's been really good in a lot of stuff. Um, she starred with the cup and spectacular now, as we know, <laughs> um, she's, she's, uh, she also starred with the cup in the hateful eight. Um, but when he was the, played the Stein, the beer Stein, <laughs> um, but no, she, she's a really interesting actress as someone that, um, I think will definitely, I think Hateful Eight was kind of it for her in terms of this is I'm going to now go out and take my chance or someone's given mm-hmm. me enough of a chance to go win my Oscar. She's sure. definitely someone of that quality. Uh, much like uh, Patricia, it was, yeah, Patricia Arquette with Boyhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like someone who's always good, always reliable, really solid actress, and then gets the part where you're like, oh, yeah, this is it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so she's someone I always really like, and I think she does. You're right, Brian. Save for that awful... Rob Reiner, Reiner LBJ movie last year, two years ago, whatever oh, that was. Oh gosh, forgot about uh, that. Yeah, gosh, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> she's everything she does is is pretty pretty interesting, and and she she put in a pretty good tough performance in this, and I thought was mm-hmm. was really solid. And you know, you got McConaughey on one hand, hand you know, really always charismatic and always right a competition on screen uh, is just. I don't think he does it on purpose. It's just sort of his, and and I think she really equaled that, and is 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 also this sort of counterbalance within the film as well, all around the the central you know protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, that was I thought she yeah you're right she really worked. I thought she was excellently cast. Yeah, she's uh I I always find her interesting, or I have found her interesting for the last you know few years because she she tends to take on roles that traditionally I think are more male roles which is that i i mean this is a huge compliment like that's one of my favorite things about the americans is they kind of flipped the the genders there they had carrie russell really played the 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 more typically masculine male role Mm -hmm. and and matthew reese was the more sensitive and um uh, you know (laughs) had more conscious issues and things like that that typically would have been the opposite way and then she's kind of doing the same thing the annihilation was definitely that way um you know, hateful eight is that role is is clearly tailored for a for her and for a woman. I mean, the character is whatever, like Maggie or something like that. But yeah, but that's a. I think in most movies that or Daisy, not Maggie, um, yeah. plays that. That's a that's a crazy guy, right? And that yeah, Tarantino's always pretty good about that. With yeah, all absolutely. Of his, sure. All of his crap that you have to put up with with him mm-hmm, so he, you know mm-hmm. he writes pretty strong women a lot of times yeah which is, definitely definitely does the shoshana so, character is incredible and inglorious and, uh-huh and, right uh yep yeah so i'm and always interested no. <laughs> in, <laughs> right right never seen another one uh another one of his films no but, but yeah i'm always interested when you can pull that off when you can flip the the kind of the genre and, and no. take for her too that's a nothing character like that i'm sure yeah, that on the page it. that character looks like just who cares? And and she actually gave it some, uh, some balls, I guess, for lack of a better term. But, uh, but <laughs> yeah, she, but so that's really good. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know. So you asked me that. My question for you is, um, how how much did you swoon uh, when your favorite actor Rory Cochran shows up <laughs> of both Days and Confused and Empire Records? Yeah, dude, that's a that's a heyday guy right there. I, yeah, that's I your love, boy. 
I always am surprised he's not Slater. English. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has a very English face, and his name's Rory Cochran. He just seems right. like someone that would be in... Rory Cochran, yeah. <laughs> like he tips lock, the stock, and, and two smoking <laughs> barrels or something, and then right. he's not. And I'm always like, right. yeah, he does a good American accent. He's always, in, you know, Argo. Yeah. Uh, you know, he does a good job. Then, nope, he's yeah. just from... I don't even know where he's from. <laughs> but he's from, like, Syracuse or something. Right, it's, right. Yeah. So, he is from Syracuse. That's oh, pretty there spot we go. on. Way to go. <laughs> there we go. Way to um, go. So, obviously, this is probably, and I don't want to speak too far in, um, but I, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and and just stop me if I'm wrong. But I have to say that this is probably the best movie um, to have Bruce Dern, YG, Danny Brown, and Ishtar all in the same cast. <laughs> right? So can far. you think? So, so far. far, sure, yeah. of course, so far. Right. But can you think of another one, another <laughs> Danny Brown, Bruce Dern joint? I can't. Not, <laughs> that is this good. Yeah, not as of yet. Not as of yet. Um, Bruce Dern's still churning it out, though, dude, man. He's he's rocking, man. He's he's got a, he's got a little Dernissance going. It's, it's yeah, awesome. He just got cast as he took. Uh, Batman? He took Burt Reynolds' place <laughs> as Batman. Yes, uh, he's getting swole. So oh, he's doing out. Once Upon a Time. Uh, in, uh, yeah, he, he took the Reynolds role in that. So that'll Had be, they uh, filmed any of that? or was I don't just... think his parts had filmed yet. I, uh, I'm not sure on the rest, but I'd read, I read, I believe I'd seen, I've seen that he, uh, they hadn't filmed anything. With, That's a shame. It would have been Burt, cool yeah. if he had done that and then yeah. passed, you know? Yeah, that would be. That would have been, been very nice. R.I.P. Burt Reynolds. We didn't talk about that on the show. Let's let's do that for twenty minutes, and then uh, we'll give these credits. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I got more on this tanning bed. So anyway, it was white about sixty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess let's uh, yeah. Let's just talk McConaughey for a minute. I want to get your impression on on McConaughey, um, and I'll say mm. I have <laughs> I've ridden the wave with him of. You know, Days and Confused, he's that's just that's an all timer of a character. He clearly had, you know, his first three or four roles were so even like a time to kill is kind of a an easy I don't want to say easy. That's that's a but it's not that's not like an Oscar challenging kind of role the way that I don't know, Dallas Buyers Club is or something. But like his first few roles I think are really good. And I was really up on him. And then the next like 57 movies I just wanted to kill myself every time he came on screen and now I've come back the other way he's a great storyteller uh if you ever hear an interview with him it's or read one it's just like it it's very lyrical and it has these weird tangential flows and stuff and he's just a he's just in tune with the universe man and it's but uh, there's also a part of me that's like that might be bullcrap, and I can't. I never. He's kind of rides the the John Mayer way we talk about all yeah. the time of like, is he a douche or not? I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I really. Yeah. I find myself being charmed by him almost against my wishes at times, and then and after a while, I'm like, no, he's he's just great. So where do yeah. you uh, where do you fall on old McConaughey, our I, our, I, our our brother, our Texas Texan brother? He is Texan brother, and he. He's great. I mean, he's he's someone that is. Um, we'll go personal first. I I think you know whether or not his whole kind of thing is put, a put on or not. You know, you could say the same for Sam Elliott. At a certain point, you kind of just be when you lean into the persona, um, which is fine. Now, that part doesn't bother me at all. Um, as an actor, I think he's very good, but I think he's very um, persona driven. You know, he's someone that mm-hmm. he he doesn't have a whole lot of range, but if it's in his wheelhouse. You know, someone else who's a lot like that, I think, is Ben Affleck, where it's like, mm. 
I, you know, I only know how to hit a fastball. Um, if you throw me a changeup or a curve, I'm going to strike out. But if you throw me a fastball, I'm going to hit it 900 feet. And both of sure. them have that gift. And maybe fastballs only come around every five years or, or two out of every 10 years. Or you know what I mean? As, so mm-hmm, that's why they mm-hmm. sort of have these ebbs and flows as actors because it's just they're not Christian Bale where you're like, oh, that guy can literally be <laughs> Batman or Dick Cheney or the machinist. And, you mm-hmm. know, he's he's hitting anything you throw across the plate. He's going to hit a triple. Um they're not that. And that doesn't make them worse. It's just that's who they are as actors. McConaughey is like that. All that. So as an actor, he's just kind of one of those. You got to kind of like him. You got to kind of lean back. You got to accept some of the crap that comes your way mm-hmm. and just sort of when it's great, it's great and just appreciate it. Um, and this is good. This is the rarest of all McConaughey movies. Good McConaughey movie, meaning he's normally great or it's normally terrible. Mm-hmm. Like a uh, seven out of ten McConaughey film, there's like three of them. Uh, but that is to say, next mo- the movie he has coming out next year is with Harmony Korine. So I hate him. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I'm out. Good. Thanks for bringing me around on that. Yeah, Definitely. look at this cast: Matthew Gosh. McConaughey, Isla Fisher, Snoop Dogg, Zac Efron. Oh, no. Hold on, Jimmy Buffett, <laughs> Jonah Hill. Hold on, Martin Lawrence. Are you in or are you in? Hey, why are we? What are we doing? What are we doing? Why do people do? Imagine the clothes in it. Imagine the clothes. The Hawaiian shirts that are going to be flopping around. I was in a neck. I was in a pretty good mood. I was in a pretty good mood, and now, now that's ruined. Uh, Man, that's tough. Yeah, look, McConaughey. This, you're right. This is sort of a weird. I think he has a little more range than we as a whole. I think he showed that he has more range than we kind of gave him credit for. Early in his career, and certainly more range than we gave him credit for in his rom com days and whatnot. But uh, yeah, man, like, gosh, what a what a run that dude had. And I, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very, very interested to see where we go from there because post Interstellar, which didn't do as well as people wanted it to, but still, I, I you know, I love Interstellar, so I'll, I think I'll it's good for yeah. that. But yeah, I know you and I like it. Ken hates it. You know what? McConaughey's definitely always going to have for him, though. Always, uh, well. God willing that he, you know, doesn't get sick or anything. <laughs> right. He he is going to be the coolest old man actor. Yeah. Yeah. He's... That guy is going to have a whole, in his 70s, man, he's going to have, right. I mean, I've never been more confident in a prediction. Old yeah. man McConaughey's definitely winning another Oscar, right? Yeah. No, I totally agree. He, he will get every choice role that he wants. Once he, like, fully goes gray and is... Yeah has that kind of because he has so he just has there's no way he again you're right short of like some medical malady there's, right. there's no way he loses the the swag that yeah he carries sparkle in his eye him. yeah everywhere he go. i mean even even his imdb picture just like gosh that's a that's a beautiful person right there. no he that's is just man. it's He's unreal great. it's have unreal. you ever seen him in person i haven't met him but i've seen him from like 30 feet and it's like yeah, yeah. at like a football game or something. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh yeah, man, that is <laughs> right. a good looking dude. <laughs> just, there's yeah. just an aura that surrounds yeah. you. Like, oh wow. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like, by the way, speaking of, I texted you, but I got to break the news on the pod. <laughs> Same exact experience. So I am at an optical party because that's what I do <laughs> in Vegas at Tau. If any of you have ever been to Tau at the uh, Venetian, cool little, very good restaurant, and then a very average nightclub as well. And uh, the the group that was hosting the party just hired <laughs> just hired Mark McGrath not to sing. <laughs> nope, that'd be too much. Just yeah. to take pictures with people. Gosh. And let me tell you, 
O'Malley candidate number one, Mark McCrath, was a total <laughs> pro about it. Got to know everyone's name. Yeah. Just super Look, into it. Whatever. So I, and I he had that he same does, aura as McConaughey. I bet he does 50 of those a year. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. 50K <laughs> to come out and shake hands with a bunch of freaking eye doctors. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> no problem. I just want to fly, man. You know? It's just... That's, <laughs> that's I didn't easy. think I'd be... When I wrote that song, I didn't think I'd be... <laughs> B class in a Southwest flight, but yeah, yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> got to take what you can get, you know. Got <laughs> to get them checks. <laughs> he has one of my all-time favorite quotes where I heard him interviewed once, the uh, Mark McGrath, not McConaughey, and they said, "Is Sugar Ray still? Do you guys still? You know, it was like kind of an insulting question because uh-huh, he was, uh-huh. you know, he was promoting extra or something, and they're like." <laughs> By the way, are you still a band or whatever? Is Sugar Ray still a thing? And he goes, oh, yeah, baby. Wherever you can smell funnel cake, we'll be playing there. And I was like, man, what an O'Malley. Yeah. Got it. You got to love the – you've got – we, we talk about this a lot with uh, actors and stuff, but I think it's to an extreme with bands and musicians. The musician that just leans into – Yes. That exact – exactly what you said. Yeah, we play state fairs now. That's what we do. And guess what? Smash it's Mouth, pretty great. You know, that's Yeah, it's not a bad <laughs> – not a bad gig if yep. you can get it. Uh, I just love Mark McGrath cracks me up because he, like, wanted to be a real, like, I think his, his like, whole bit was, like, heavy metal. And then, mm-hmm. well, that's not paying the bills. Like, it's all too Sugar Ray. Right. But then and he had already committed to the, it, you know? and then it kept going down. That's what was great about Mark McGrath. He's like, <laughs> right. I want to do metal. Their first album's, like, super parental advisory. <laughs> then he's like, yeah. oh, I'll do pop. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Right. And then yeah. he ends up hosting Extra. Right. But he had committed to the metal neck tat. And he's a great-looking guy. He's a super right. clean-cut, great-looking dude. Yeah. <laughs> but he had this weird neck tat because when he yep. was 22, he was like, well, yeah, I'm going to be an anthrax. Right. <laughs> and you just could see <laughs> the transition slowly. Yeah. He's like, well, you're not going to guess who's dating Blake Lively. <laughs> what Such a weird a great... life. I love it. It is weird. I life is it. weird. The, the so anyway, white boy Rick. <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah. Look, it's I. This again, we've all said this. It, it, this is the we would not be reviewing this movie mm. if there were other choices. But uh, but it was fine. There's nothing wrong with this movie. It is a solid, yeah, huh, a little drama. Nice. I, I hate when people go to prison for stuff that they should not go to prison for. Yeah, this is a real too. issue that we need to correct in this country. I did feel like the the closing like twenty minutes leading up to uh you know the final sequence with McConaughey and and uh Merritt and then the you know the 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 title card comes up with and he never got out of prison like that kind of thing it's just and by that point I was like okay dude I get it I get it I understand why we're here but you really have to you kind of have to land that plane before you can pull the Aren't you shocked by the social injustice that we are all living with right now? And I don't know that that actually happened. So that's that's kind of a – I won't say it's a letdown because we were just like kind of done with it by the time we got to this point. But, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a great conclusion and a great – that's the end of the story. So there's not really anything you can do with it, but it's not necessarily mm-hmm. – I don't think it's as impactful as McConaughey and – uh, Demange and, and the rest and the studio thought that they were going to get right. when they made this movie. That's all right. At least we have the sequel, White Boy Sammy. It's about Sammy Sosa, and it has a much better <laughs> ending. We'll see. All right, we so let's see. Let's let's grade this sucker out, shall we? Yeah, 
Yeah, All right. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to go. This is, ooh, these are tough. Um, well, there's the quality of, I'm doing an algorithm in my brain. The quality of, <laughs> right. of how well I'm writing on a, on a window with them. Yeah. That's <laughs> you're, all I'm you're, doing. You're full. I'm a beautiful. Russell Crowing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got, okay. All right. So I have how well made it was plus how much I enjoyed myself in the theater divided by C plus. <laughs> yeah. You forgot to add McConaughey though. B minus. That's me. B minus. Oh, okay. Like, well, no, I added it a C, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the straight down the middle kind of uh, <laughs> movie where, like I said at the outset of my, of this review, which seems like seven hours ago, I, I was uh-huh. like, it's weird that this is a 51% movie. And then I was like, no, I get it. I understand why we got to this point. It's exactly a 51 to 55% movie. So uh, that's you know, when the algorithm can't all be winners. And you're right? happy for you the know? crowdsourcing. Cause normally, yeah, totally. Rotten Tomatoes will yeah. get that wrong and it'll be like, 78% because every critic is like, man, it's not bad, so it has mm-hmm. to be good. Mm-hmm. But that time, for whatever reason, there was enough bad reviews to really bounce it out. So thank yeah. you, trolley reviewers. Right. 58% tomatoes and 57% audience. That's that's synergy, as we like to call it, mm. in the business world that I am such a big part of. So You are right. a titan. Kent, You're basically uh, a Coke brother. Yeah, yeah. Kent texted that he gave it an A+. Okay, good. Uh, let's <laughs> Let's move on. Let's get a. What do you say, man? You want to get a little little weekly recommend? I'll get my weekly recommend on. Okay, hit it, hit it, dude. Hit give it. Us, give us your weekly recommend, my dear friend. Weekly recommends. My weekly recommend is I don't have any rules in life, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, I don't know why that's funny. I'm just excited for what's coming next. No, I, it's not even a good joke. I was actually being serious about my my few rules in life. Uh, no, but when Michael Lewis comes out with a book, I got to recommend it. So The Fifth nice. Risk, Michael Lewis, it's his, I think, second political book he's ever written. He's mostly written about, obviously, finance and sports. And uh, you may know his, if you don't know his name, you know Moneyball, which they made movies out of. The Big Short, which they made a movie out of. The Blind Side, which they made a movie out of. Um, he's, a, he's an incredible explainer writer, which Brian and I are both fans of. Guys that make really complex ideas and people really easy to follow. I think that's an incredible skill. Um, and Michael Lewis is great, and he's a cool dude, and uh, he has a new book out. It was going to be exclusive on Audible, I think, uh, but now it's also getting a, a, uh, a you know, published release, too. So it came out today, and he's awesome. And uh, so I will always recommend his books until he proves me wrong. So The yeah. Fifth Risk, Michael Lewis, uh, check it out in my best Dave Couillet voice. Uh, Brian, <laughs> what about you? Nice. I read uh, I read an excerpt from The Fifth Risk, and I never read excerpts. I'm against excerpts as as a general rule. Yeah. But uh, but I read a little bit, and it's good because Michael Lewis is a very good writer, and it is insane. These are interesting times. Yeah. Oh, he's he's. Uh, I love. Yes. You you said it very I'm... well. The ability to describe something very confusing and complex in very simple terms is such an underrated skill. Yeah. In our society. he and Gladwell are probably the two best mm-hmm. at it. Sure. Um, Gladwell sometimes gets a little bit in the weeds, not in the weeds, but he gets too kind of in love with whatever. Mm-hmm. Lewis is just much, he's just like, I'm going to, he has a great, like, easy prose, going to explain it without condescend. And that's the key thing. Never yes. condescends. Yes. Um, and then also going to sprinkle in just a few enough, enough jokes to make this fun. This super mm-hmm. weird thing about traders that make a penny every time. Uh, sales stock goes through, so then they make, they're just raking money out of the system. Right. right. Okay, I'm going to make that really interesting and funny and, exp- and relate it to basketball. And you're like, 
Yeah, I get this now. Cool. Screw mm-hmm. those guys. Um, right. That's his great gift. But anyway, yeah. what's your recommendation? Very good. Uh, I'm going to recommend an album. Uh came out, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. Maybe longer. Sometimes it takes me forever to get to mm-hmm. get to the music, even when I'm very excited about it. Uh, Amanda Shires, who is the wife of Jason Isbell, my, my favorite uh, Americana mm-hmm. singer. My favorite album of all time, Southeastern, Jason Isbell. Uh, Amanda Shires put out a new album called To the Sunset. It is very good. It is, I think, a very, very good um, kind of intro course or like a gateway to Americana alt country sort of genre because it is very more than more than Florida Georgia line. (laughs) That's that is more of a gateway to Nickelback, but uh, yeah, no, uh, no, it's like, it's very, (laughs) it's just how they roll, man. Just how they roll. Uh, it's, it's a very poppy Americana mm. sound. It's yeah. got a different vibe than most of her previous stuff, which yeah. is also very good, but it's just kind of like Margot Price kind of. Yeah. Like it's Margot Pricey. And, and like, I mean, there's, there's, there's hooks a, in it. There's a lot of good. hooks. There's a lot of instrumentation yeah. that is not what you would typically find on, cool. on a country stand. It's very good. Very. It, it's, it's one that I don't think features, which I like, I like this. I like both sides of this argument, but I, I like the the album that has four hits on it, you know, or as, yeah. as close as we get to hits these sure. days. But the Me single too. play, and then I really I like the ones that just kind of flow from front to back, and there's not really an outlier or a, a peak or anything. It's just man, I hit the first side of this album, and then I flip it and I hit the second side, and it's pretty great. So, uh, Amanda Shires to the sunset, cool, is my recommend. And uh, yeah, hey, very, by the way, her husband, as you aforementioned, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Isbell, is producing my favorite artist, Josh Ritter's next album. Yes. So the real question is, are we just going to hang out in robes and listen to that? <laughs> yes. Gosh, Together, I, I cannot wait for that, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. I've been listening to Gathering, uh, which is so the good, last man. Josh Ritter album pretty consistently that's that's been my that's been my background record while i'm trying to unsuccessfully to write uh, mm-hmm. things that's that's, that's, that's my, very that's defeating go-to. trying yeah. to write while listening to josh ritter is <laughs> yeah. super or isbel is like well i'm terrible <laughs> that's a good, when dreams good comes point. on Maybe josh I'll, ritter dreams and yeah. he's just like whoa Jeez. this is uh never gonna ever be this smart <laughs> i'm never gonna ever. get there never gonna get there <laughs> I should just. I you're right. I should just flip to Florida Georgia you Line. Should, you should throw on some Florida Georgia Line. Yeah, that'll help. You'll be like, oh, I could write about a creek. <laughs> Coors Light. Oh, catfish. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. Well, that's our. We're just waiting for a good Brett Kavanaugh Florida Georgia Line song. <laughs> like they'd bro down. Yeah. Uh, that's our weekly recommends. Again, Kent texted in. He said his weekly recommend is God Friended Me on CBS. So check that out as well. Uh, and dude. by the way, still, I'm two ebbs in on Manifest. Manifest. Uh, are you, are you going to stick with it with me? Dude, of course. Of course. We got okay. A, we got a Manicast. Um, <laughs> we're going to do a Manifest podcast. We're going to do it. Look you for that I... sometime next month. Let's go six episodes before we... <laughs> So that we can really break down the theories that we have and the wikis. I, I put um, a Michaela poster on my wall in my den. Is that weird? It's not even sexual. It's just. No, it's not. I don't even find her that dragon. I just right. like the character. Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's, nice. It's like, it's, like, it's like Tony Soprano, you know, Don Draper. Very well-defined right, character. Exactly. Yep. From the first totally. episode. She's my Scarface. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a world we could live in. Um, so. Ha- Last and we can get out of here. Have you started? Have you started any of the other pilots? Are you? Are you yeah, I. Oof. Yeah, it's bad. It's tough, man. It's tough. I hammered home uh, the neighborhood. Is that what it's called? The Cedric yeah. the Entertainer and Schmidt mm-hmm. 
one? Wow. You know what's <laughs> funny is, you know how what's I YouTubed it and I yeah. watched it and it there's Schmidt's not in it. It's a different actor as the no Schmidt way. part. Oh. Watch the whole pilot without Schmidt. I'm going to watch the real one, but I I, wa- I just thought it was so amusing that I just stuck with it. I was like, when does when does Schmidt come in on this? And then I realized, oh, he's not. They fired oh, this guy and replaced him with the new girl, bro. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I love it. So well, if you're still uh, listening to this episode, you uh you need to get in on our pilot talk. We on our Patreon page, which is madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. You can pledge there for mm. as little as a dollar a week to get access to bonus content and throwbacks mm-hmm. and yep. fun games, stuff like that. We've got a a little pilot game going where uh, if you'll watch at least ten of these shows and Jeez, uh, and review them, we're going to do some some drawings for for prizes, and you all deserve a prize if you're playing this game because these pilots are rough. But uh, yeah, it's get good in. On we that. have other people doing it now with us because yeah, it was we're trying to bring bleak. everybody down. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. when we used to do it alone, yeah. like during the uh, Mysteries of Laura era. <laughs> right. It was tough. It was, it was lonely. It was a tough. But time. these are really. I mean, it's it's a bad year. The the thing is weird now because. You know, good shows don't premiere this time of year anymore, mm-hmm. ever. You know, yep. it's not like you'll mix in a, you know, the next Game of Thrones will come on on September 1. That just <laughs> right. doesn't happen. Right. So it's only crap. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. network crap. And so, you know, you see something like, I remember a couple years ago we were doing this and The Good Wife came on, I think. Yeah. It was The Good Wife. The the, I, the offshoot, the, the spinoff or whatever that was called. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, oh, yeah. This isn't awful. That's weird. Mm-hmm. You know, like when certain things, it's like surprising when they're not, it wasn't even good. It just was, right. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, if my oh. mom watched this, I'd stay right. in the room for 10 minutes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, but our friend now, Jason, but, yeah, totally. Our friend Jason texted me after watching, I think this, it was the single parents pilot mm. uh, with, with your with boy, Taryn Killam. Taryn Killam. And was just, he was just, beside himself with how terrible it was and was like you're not gonna be he was telling me you're not gonna be able to make it through i guarantee and i texted him back you know 45 minutes later and i was like that was nothing dude like you you have not watched all the pilots that i have watched over the last five years for this yeah. stupid podcast because that for was manifest. An easy manifest one. brought it yeah yeah i've gotten several <laughs> other people in on manifest as well so it's it's good. i think you gotta think watch manifest not, guys everyone watch manifest here's this here's the pitch <laughs> Uh, and I'm not going to talk about the show. It's prestige TV has never been better and there's no reason to watch any of these shows. So just to be contrarian, let's all just go all in on manifest and let's talk about it. Like it's breaking bad. Yeah. Six seasons in a movie. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, and they still won't answer all the questions somehow. There's no way this ends. Well, I'm <laughs> no, really hoping it rates no. terribly and just drops off in like yeah. November 3rd and yeah, we never know. That right. would, that's my idea. That's, that's the most fitting outcome for Manifest, <laughs> I think. But uh, okay, so that's White Boy Rick and a lot of tangents. Next week, uh, next week's good. We'll it's be back. Good. We're we're in A Star Is Born, and then and somewhere in there we'll get uh, Venom, which I think is going to be I, one of those great episodes. I think both will like, be great episodes. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about what we were talking about earlier, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the, the opposite of this yeah. in opposite directions. Can't wait. Can't wait. After that, we've got First Man. Uh, we've got hmm. Bad Times at El Royale. We've yeah. got the Halloween reboot, which is getting great buzz. So yes. October's going to rock. I'm, we're very excited about October. Thanks for sticking with we're us. We're finally here. September. Gosh. Yeah, we've done it. And August. We've done it, guys. August sucked <laughs> this year, too, man. This yeah, is the longest dry rough. spell we've had doing this show where it's like every week I'm like, I don't even mind seeing the stuff. It's just like, how do we talk, talk about, about it? this at yeah. all? Yeah. Yeah. If it stays tough. like this, we're just going to go all throwbacks, August and <laughs> yeah. 
September. Yeah, that's a good point. We may we may need to address that moving forward. So speaking of throwbacks, again, I'll plug go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP to join our VIP club on Patreon uh, and get all kinds of cool stuff. Follow us on all the social medias on Twitter at madaboutmovies. Uh, find our Facebook page, our Instagram at madaboutmoviespodcast, uh, and connect with us. We like to uh, we like to hear back from our listeners. You can find me at bgill12 on the Twitter. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. I've got uh, I've got a Spider-Man related blog that will come up uh, I think Friday morning. So check that out. Ooh, what is it? I'm ranking the villains, and hopefully Ooh. in a in a humorous way of some sort. Uh, yeah. But Richard, where can oh, we find you? Um, you can find me on all the social media at uh, Richard Barton. That's your your awesome. Instagrams, your Twitters, your Snapchats, um, your. Oh, those are all. I can't yeah. share those. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can find Kent at Kent Garrison or KentGarrison.com. Uh, Kent Garrison on all the social media, Instagram, Twitter, all that junk. Brian, where can I find you? Bgill12 on the Twitter and, mm. uh, again, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. we got to get rid of that number for you, man. I've tried multiple times. The I know, guy who but has you're a celebrity. Brian Gill has not tweeted since 2008. But uh, Twitter is like, no, nah, that's an active person. There's no way. Anyway, if you're a Twitter person, <laughs> hit me up. Let's, uh, we know. Let's get this Emiola or whatever yeah, works there. Yeah, I would, I would love to get that fixed and not have and have my name as my Twitter account. That would be awesome. But uh, anyway, thanks so much for listening, especially to this episode. Yeah, uh, you're a real trooper. <laughs> you're guys. a trooper. We love you guys. Uh, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed down and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Your salad's in scrambled eggs.